Good morning, fellow students, and welcome back to another episode of Legacy Weapon, your guide to legacy format. I'm Jamie. I'm Drew. And we have returning a returning champion to <laughs> here to Legacy Weapon, uh, celebrity Legacy Weapon. Maybe. Maybe. Sure. Patrick. Hey, guys. What's going on? Going well. Going well. Patrick's a celebrity. We, he counts. <laughs> actually doing a Deck Tech Part 1 and Part 2 back-to-back, we are professionals. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Delivering on promises. <laughs> yes. We stopped making promises. We, we, our promises don't mean anything these days. <laughs> Not legally binding. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we are going to talk Eldrazi some more. I'm glad you're able to come back. Uh, you are the resident expert here, though I will say I can talk more now because between when we recorded part one and part two, I borrowed somebody's Eldrazi deck and played a local legacy night, and it was cool. a lot of fun. So now I have a little bit more hands-on experience than I did before. Awesome. Are, are we going to get a chance to talk about that? Uh... I'm happy to tell you about my three games of Eldrazi that I've played. <laughs> I think your experience is probably more valuable, but I'm happy to do it. Uh, one thing I learned, turn one City of Traders looks really bad, but if your turn one is Chalice of the Void, it was totally worth it. Yep. Yes, it is. <laughs> I, I I think I won every game where I had turn one chalice, and it really did not matter how I got it. Yeah. It it, it also sets you up really nice for a turn two thought on Seer, which is always great fun. Right. Which I did. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really hard to lose games after that. Happens. <laughs> back back to back games were turn one, City of Traders, uh, Chalice. Turn two, Eldrazi Mimic, and then a four drop Eldrazi. Yeah. Seems great. It was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> um, Worked out all right. Yeah. So uh, we had talked before. I think we got through the sideboard last time. Is that right? I believe, I believe we just went. Yeah, we kind of ran down um, the sideboard choices for the colorless list. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, then let's let's go through um, just kind of more the we'll, – we'll start broad again. Um, what would you say as far as if people are looking into getting into Eldrazi, who is it for? What type of people – would it be a good deck for versus people who might want to look for a different deck? Uh, sure. Yeah, sure. So um, personally, I find it it's a pretty fun aggro deck to pilot. Um, it is one of those decks, like you said, that can just get free wins when you play Chalice for one on turn one. Um, for, against a lot of decks, they just have no answers for that in unsideboarded games. And then even sometimes after they've sideboarded, they don't have an answer, uh, any really relevant answers for that for that card. Um, so Chalice for One in this format is always pretty relevant, and Chalice for Zero is also pretty good. Um, it's a relatively inexpensive deck to put together. Um, like, you know, your most expensive cards will be uh, City of Traders, Wasteland. Uh, the Chalices are a little bit, you know, like, like in the I think, $20 to $30 range. And ancient... now. <laughs> yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> and Ancient Tombs are a little more expensive. Um, mm-hmm. The other, the, the cool thing about the um, the legacy deck for Eldrazi, though, and I know we don't talk about Vintage a lot, but it does uh, port over pretty pretty well into Vintage, which is pretty huh. great. Okay, really? Uh, yeah. Huh. So there's so there's that. Um, nice bonus. Yeah, for sure. And it's it's a good Vintage deck. So there's always that. So um, you know, if you really like Eternal formats, there's not many that do both formats, and Eldrazi is one of them. Um, so wait, I, Vintage Eldrazi. I I know virtually nothing about Vintage. I assume it still plays, you know, the power cards, but it basically just throws the power cards into Legacy Eldrazi. Uh, no, actually, it, you, um, there are. Let me think. There was one that did. So there's like the New York, the New York, like uh, I don't, I don't know what it's called, like the Vintage Exchange. It's like the NYSE, but it's a, it's a vintage tournament. Um, yeah. that was actually won by an unpowered Eldrazi deck. Wow. Um, yeah, the Eldrazi deck doesn't really need much Moxen. You can play it really well without having any of the power that most vintage decks just run like 
you know, four, five, six pieces of power, which automatically puts your deck into the thousands of dollars range. Um, Eldrazi can, yeah, 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 exactly. (laughs) Eldrazi can really, um, can kind of scoot around that and play an unpowered list. I believe, um, there's a guy who goes by the name of Jocko, um, that did, uh, like an unpowered Eldrazi list that was very successful. Um, and I can always throw you guys a link, uh, you can put in the show notes for listeners, but sure. Yeah. Yeah. Very, uh, very interesting list. Um, and again, it, it basically plays very much like the, uh, legacy version, except they're playing like you know a lot more null rods in the main deck, right? Um, mm-hmm. Things that, that are going to shut down Moxon, you know. Which I, I, I that guess makes sense. You... you you don't play, um, you maybe you don't want. Well, I guess Chalice is restricted in vintage though. Yeah, so Chalice you have you can only play one of when in the Chalice, main. You probably play a Trinisphere. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then I like, think what? they might even play Crucible to recur Wasteland, if I'm not mistaken, but I'm not 100 okay. percent sure. Like some. I mean, no rod makes sense. So then you don't have to. Then that makes sense. That justifies your lack of moxin because you're playing no rod. Mm-hmm. Can you? Is no rod not restricted in vintage? Can you play? No, it's Nullrod? not. It's Ooh. and uh, also <laughs> something to note: no rod is actually on the um, the reserve list. Yes. So it's always worth it, and they're not super expensive right now. So if it's something you think you'd be into, no rod is always a great card to pick up because I mm. think it's I think it's tragically underplayed in legacy sideboards. Personally, sure. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, there's always like stony silence if you're playing white, but you know. How did you yeah, but no rod is going like, to get bought out. Yeah. <laughs> no rod is like a two mana answer to all artifacts, and I think yeah. like not to go too deep into the metagame of legacy, but I think with um, uh, death and taxes becoming more and more prevalent now, um, mm-hmm. I think no rod is going to see a spike in play personally. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. It's a good card. I mean, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying like I think. One of the one of the reasons that it maybe you know like not every deck needs to play it. If you play white, I think you should probably play Stony Silence because it's sure harder, it's harder to blow up. But yeah, um, but yeah, I mean everybody can play Null Rod, and not everybody's playing Tech, white. So. I, I, I've got one in my elf sideboard, so yeah. it's a good it's <laughs> a good go. place to be. Right. I, I usually prefer uh, Pithing Needle myself uh, mm-hmm. for Legacy, honestly, because. The odds that they've True. got two different things at the same time that are both artifacts is, yeah. I I prefer the the versatility it, against um, planeswalkers. Uh, mm-hmm. more than yeah, I mean, else. right. Yeah, Pythian Needle has a lot of other stuff. Whereas, yeah, I mean, it, it, and it's worth saying too that Pythian Needle is such a good card that Eldrazi runs uh, one or two in the sideboard, and they also are always trying to play Chalice for one on turn one. So, right. the fact that they're that they still make room for Pythian Needle, um, even though it's there's a chance you might not be able to cast it during the game. Says something. Says says a lot about the card, about the versatility of the card, the power of Pythian Needle. Sure. Yeah. Anyway, we we've got a little side. A little side yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Um, um, the other the other benefits of playing the Eldrazi deck, um, besides it being fairly easy to pilot as a beginner, because if you goldfish the deck a few times, you'll get how the deck sort of wants to function. Um, I think that you <laughs> play you gain large a lot. creatures attack. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, I, but you certainly learn, um, as you learn the format better, uh, if it's your first deck playing Legacy, um, you'll find a lot more levels to the plays that you're making. Sure. Um, th- this isn't unique to Eldrazi necessarily. Um, I think a lot of decks are, you know, like something like Blue Red Delver or even Burn is fairly easy to pilot, um, but it gets, uh, you, you learn the levels, uh, as you go along and, and find out how deep the decks actually can go with their gameplay. Well, there's always a lot of just knowing what your opponent is doing, so, I mean... Like having a sense for when your miracles opponent is going to terminus, for example, is always very important to playing any creature deck. So, oh, absolutely, absolutely, and and just like knowing something that kind of escaped me when I first started playing Legacy that I've gotten much better at is like being able to severely narrow down what your opponent may be on by their first land drop. Right. You know? that's um, yeah. 
which is something yeah. that's pretty unique to to the legacy format, I think. Um, because so, if you're playing vintage and someone plays, you know, like a couple mocks in on turn one, well, that's like basically every vintage deck. Eighty percent of the of the legacy of the vintage decks are playing all of the mocks in. So right, yeah, right, right, exactly. And and the same goes for modern. You know, if they play out any kind of shock lands, it doesn't necessarily um, narrow them down. Um, but legacy is really defined by the um, by the land packages that you run. So being able to identify the deck that you're playing against by their first land drop is huge in this format. That's actually well. That's that's actually something I've been meaning to suggest, Jamie. That I think that might be a, a, a future episode that we can talk about, like how Ooh. to figure out what your opponent is playing by the, what they do on turn one. Write um, it on the whiteboard, Drew. Yeah. All right. I like you know what would be you know what would be great just as a suggestion if you had a list of like if you just went through a bunch of um like SCG like top eights yeah and and just watched a video and watched like a handful of land drops from each deck sure. and then quiz the other person on it. So all right, so your opponent plays uh flooded strand and fetches up basic planes on turn one right you know and and see how many times how many times like how many turns it takes for the other person on the cast to identify what deck they may be on huh all right yeah <laughs> i don't know it sounds, well, it sounds like yeah, be a fun fun well thing. Yeah, getting off topic mostly from eldrazi but on topic for this and something from two episodes ago uh one of the uh games that i played when i was playing eldrazi i got chalice on one on turn one mm-hmm. and the opponent played like a brainstorm in response and not really much else for the whole rest of the game. Uh, yeah. So I, I won that one, but going in game two, I wasn't sure what he was playing. Yeah. I hadn't seen any business cards whatsoever. He hadn't discarded anything except other cantrips. Uh, but, and I, th- here's the thing. I knew what he was on, but I didn't trust myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, he played the, oh, what's the black one with the escalate for a discarding card that we just talked about. Oh, collective oh. brutality. Yeah. He played Collective Brutality, and he you know, was discarding cantrips, one-mana things that he would never be able to play. He didn't co- discard any creatures. So I wasn't confident enough that he was on Reanimator, uh, yeah. even though I knew that he was. And so I, I sideboarded conservatively uh, when I, act- I actually had shuffled in all of my hit graveyard hate, and I pulled it back out before presenting because I was, I was unsure. And lo and behold, he was on Reanimator, just yeah. like I thought he was. <laughs> Well, you know, he he drew a lot of cards because my deck was in slow motion mode, basically. But he just couldn't so, do anything. Sometimes this I happens assumed... in stoppy decks when you get the chalice. Yeah, sometimes yeah, you I, just don't draw threats. <laughs> but... I I assumed that he would have discarded a creature at some point just to set himself up, but nope. Apparently, he never got one or never didn't want to show his hand. So interesting. This happened yeah, the first but... time I played. I played soldiers too. I played like turn one ancient tomb chalice of the void, and my opponent played no spells, and I saw a bunch of bloodstained Myers and assumed he was playing burn and then he was playing painter and I had <laughs> completely missed sideboarded and I, I you know i won anyway but yeah it's still <laughs> this this happens with chalice decks it's just it does yeah yeah <laughs> yeah sometimes the turn one chalice is enough to shut your opponent off of their game plan and you just play solitaire for a little while till they give up and then you go to game two right yeah yeah, which you know, that's not not as exciting as you know maybe if the Cubs play the Indians in Game Seven. But, <laughs> but winning is exciting. Winning, I mean, that, that, that's exciting for me. It Winning's is. It fun. is fun. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, so, what what kind of meta do you think? Say somebody has multiple decks or is picking a specific deck that they're going to buy into for their local scene or for an event and they want to do well. What metas do you think are more uh, friendly to Eldrazi versus more hostile? So I think like the if you took the standard like um you know MTG top eight meta for for legacy right where you see a lot of um like a lot of Grixis you'll see a smattering of elves you'll see a good amount of miracles decks um some storm decks those are actually all fine for 
for uh, the Eldrazi deck. Um, I found that some of the more marginalized decks that we don't see as much, um, things like uh, show-and-tell decks, which have kind of been on the decline since Death and Taxes has sort of been on the rise, mm-hmm. um, Hex Depths for sure, Painter decks, um, which pa- Painter, it's kind of those weird decks, but that's probably a 90-10 matchup in their favor just because uh, Painter mm-hmm. Servant sh- shuts off like all of your lands, basically, because they're only cast... Oh. The- Right. They have to be colorless to oh, cast. No. And once they, right. Yeah, once they play Painter, um, like Eldrazi Temple taps for one. Um, it completely shuts off Eye of Ugin. Um, right. So it, it's one of those things where uh, you're just sort of um, a uh, casualty right. of that. People of that, were side- that when, during the Eldrazi winter, people were playing Painter Servants in their sideboard in Modern yeah. just to hate on Eldrazi because it was yeah. like 60% of the meta. And it was completely terrible at everything else. But that's right. I totally forgot that that's just a that just happens to be a random four of main deck hate card against your deck. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. That's yes, terrible. It is. Yep. And also, like when they're able to, like you know, red blast um, any of your creatures, you know, for a single mana, that's that always makes too. things. Yeah, that's funny because um, actually, soldiers has a very good uh, painter matchup. But I was thinking that's weird because soldiers stomps that deck. But, yeah. Know, right. It doesn't. We don't care if our stuff is blue or not. Right. Yeah. 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 For for the Eldrazi deck, they have to be colorless. It, it right. just it just makes it makes your life hell yeah. to play against Painter. Yeah. Um, wow. Thankfully, that's a pretty marginal deck. It's not super popular, so you don't see that very often. I, I've never played against it with a deck, but I do know that the matchup itself is just not fair, favorable at all. Sure. Um, How's your lands matchup? So lands is not great, um, it, depending, on how, depending on how the game goes out. So if they want to like play the, uh, like the Punishing Fire, um, Grove of the Burn Willows combo, it's like, yeah, that's fine. Like Try to two, yeah, two my guys to death. It's um, going to take forever, yeah. Right. But if they're on like the Make Merit Lage on turn three, that is a problem. Um, yeah. There's not a lot that the Colorless deck has answers for that. Um, it, I mean, I feel like you... I mean, if Chalice on two is pretty good against lands, Chalice on one is almost useless, though. So I feel like they dodge a lot of your hate, too. It can, yeah. And certainly, like, game one, if you're just going to play out Chalice on Chalice for one without really <laughs> knowing what they're on, right. it, it, like, shuts off their Explorers and stuff, or their, and their crop rotations, but yeah. um, it doesn't it doesn't stop them from making Merit Lage. It doesn't stop them from just naturally playing a Dark Depths, a Thespian Stage, and, and, and copying it. Um, playing Life from the Loam and recurring a Wasteland every turn. Right, yeah, that's the other thing, too, is, like, um, so... In, in sideboard games, it's probably a little bit better for us, yeah. because you'll bring in, like, your four Ley Lines and hope that right, you hit right. one in your opener. Um, but yeah, it's never like a great matchup. Um, okay. Wasteland, the card in general is very difficult for this deck to deal with. Um, yeah. that's, that's the biggest reason why you have Python Needle in the sideboard is because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 90% of the time that is going to name Wasteland on turn, on turn one or two. Yeah. Um, because if they're able to waste you off your lands, like this, this is not a deck that can operate very well on one or two lands, especially if they're not like Eldrazi Temple and Eye of Ugin. If those are your two lands, you're probably fine. But if you're down to like a wasteland and um, like a a Mishra's uh, a workshop or yeah. Mishra's factory rather, um, that's a problem. You're not yeah, gonna be able you to really cast can't much cast any spells. spells. You, no threats. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, that, that that was my my limited experience as well. Every I don't think I got to I don't think I got to six mana in any of my games because they either ended quick in my favor mm-hmm. or the opponent had like four friggin' wastelands over the course of the mm-hmm. game and I, I yeah. couldn't do anything. Yeah, yeah. wasteland is, is tough. It's and that's something that I try to t- explain to people how they think that Eye of Ugin is something that you're going to be activating a lot, but but like I said before uh, previously, getting to seven mana in that deck is not that easy. 
Yeah. Um, you know, that requires literally you having Ayabugan out and then three soul lands and an additional land. And a lot of times, those soul, you know, if it's an Eldrazi temple, that's still only tapping for one. That right. won't tap for two for Ayabugan. Um, right. Ayabugan itself can't tap for any mana. Even if you have something like Urborg out, you still have to tap I to uh to to get that effect of searching yeah. up an Eldrazi card. Um, City of Traders helps, but only if it was the last one that you played. Right, so, right, yeah. exactly. Ancient Tomb is cool, but like if you have, I've, and I've had multiple games where I have two or three Ancient Tombs out, and like it's not doesn't feel great to four or six yourself to Ooh, search. I'm up an drawing Eldrazi extra card. cards, right? Yeah, it's your six life, and then like, like ah. and then you have to then you have to use it to play it the next turn. Right. Like, oh oh no. Yeah. Right. You're just dead now. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um. So that's never great. Um. The other another card that that makes this deck um kind of painful is blood moon um that does shut off a lot of the deck um there's actually been some cool uh new technology in the deck uh where instead of the end bringers like we talked about last episode um a lot of the eldrazi decks and i've also started running oblivion sower oblivion sower yeah i saw this yeah yeah which is super sweet it's six colorless man uh six generic mana so you can cast through blood moon which is important yeah um it's a five eight so it dodges dismember which has become the big like uh, Eldrazi yeah, card. They, yeah, exactly. Because everyone wants to run the the minus five, minus five. It's like that's fine. This is a five eight. It Can't also beats it. up any Tarmogoyf, which is great. Yeah. Um, or, or at least it doesn't die to, to the biggest Tarmogoyf, which is fine. Um, Theoretically, I guess you can have what like an eight nine Tarmogoyf. That's pretty rare, though. Oh yeah, sure. If I guess if they're running like the uh, what is Tri- it like the tribal, tribal spells? <laughs> yeah, right. That's it's pretty uncommon that they'll actually yeah. get. I mean, like, it could it, it could happen with Eldrazi though because you do run like all his dust, which is a tribal sorcery. Sure, so. that's true. It could get there. That's true. Yeah. So, um, what so there's a combo. That's terrible. Terrible. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that um also like a card like uh oh so yeah um oblivion sower when it when you cast it so it's not when it it's not when it enters the battlefield but when you cast it right you exile the top four cards of your opponent's library and any lands you're able to play um on on you know at that time right from exile which uh it's actually kind of has some really great interaction with the miracles deck because mm-hmm. they've been really carefully sculpting their hand for the few turns yeah, and sculpting so just, the top of their deck with top, um, it totally exiles the top four cards of their library, so they have to start over, which is nice. Right. And um, you know, it, it's it's a 5-8, so it's a good size beater. Um, and a lot of times those, those lands, like you can actually use them if, if even if it's a fetch land. Sometimes I've had, I've had Urborg in play, so I can tap their fetch lands for black. So it's never uh, it's never yeah. seems like a dead card. And just exile the top four of your, of your opponent's library when. There's so many brainstorms and ponders in this format. It just it just seems like a nice interaction. Sure. And this is another thing, like just like Endbringer, where I'm like, really, you're gonna play that in Legacy? But <laughs> well, I, now, I mean... now, yeah, now it's a one of in the sideboard. You know. Okay. Um, but I I agree. I mean, it was one of those things where it's kind of slow, but it has all these relevant abilities. But I think Oblivion Sower is just a better card in the spot. So are you playing it? You're so you said you're playing one in the sideboard. Are you playing it over the? Endbringers? Are you playing both, or what? Did no, you- I think I think the Endbringer is going to come in in a match like lands where maybe it'll have some kind of okay, ability so you have to Oblivion hold- Sower in the main and Endbringer in the side. Now. Yes, exactly. Okay, yeah, gotcha. two 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 Oblivion Sower in the main, and then sometimes to run a one of Endbringer on the sideboard. Okay. It's not the best answer to like the decks that are going to be cheating creatures into play, but it is it is a answer. So yeah. or an now, answer. Here's something that I I was hearing. I have not seen the deck lists. I've heard that people are trying to some good effect vehicles. Yes. So what? I know that. <laughs> yeah, I so. know. Right? 
Um, there has been like some people trying to run Smuggler's Copter in it, but I wasn't a fan of it. Called it. Um, some people have tried to. There's been a few of them. Um, another one of the 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 vehicles that came out of um came out of Kaladesh. I can't recall the name right now, but is it uh, the fleet fleet something? Yeah, Fleet Wheel Cruiser. Is that what it is? I think so. I'm not. I'm not sold on those, to be honest with you. Um, it just seems. I mean, I think the idea is that it's it's kind of hedging around like a sorcery speed terminus, I suppose. Sure. Um, and I think it, I think the also idea is. Um, I, I I heard somebody uh, I forget who, so apologies to them. Uh, joked that it's the new Slash Panther, <laughs> uh, in that it is a haste creature, uh, mm-hmm. so it can take out planeswalkers like Jace and can't be mm. easily bounced can't by be Jace. Can't be bounced by Jace, right. Um, so just come out of nowhere and take out the Jace. Yeah, I suppose. I, I mean, I feel like by the time Miracles plays Jace, Eldrazi's already in, in the driver's seat, so to speak. So maybe you, I, you've I already, mean... You're, may, that or they've completely locked you out and they're winning and it really doesn't matter what you're doing. Yeah, Right. I, I find it hard for Eldrazi to lock... for Rather, for Miracles to lock out Eldrazi. Though. I think I think yeah. the game is pretty favorable in Eldrazi's, uh, in Eldrazi's favor there. Like, if you can sure. just dodge... If you can land play Chalice for one and you can avoid them finding that they're one of Council's judgment, right, that's right. great because it shuts off all their relevant removal for the deck. Um Right. I mean I'm just saying like the only time that they're playing Jace is basically like right, they're usually I think your matchup is good. I'm just saying yeah. if they if if they do play it, they've probably locked you out already. Because oh, yeah, it's way if, too slow. Right. I mean, if Jace hits the board, you're usually in trouble, but you know, it, it I, is so, the a big problem for you, but Right, yeah. exactly. Um yeah, so I think I mean, I don't know. I haven't been sold on them. Um the people that I talk to, um I use the source a lot for my info on the deck, um, because there are people who play it way, way more often than I do that have a lot of insight with the deck on the mm-hmm. source. Uh, particularly Nolom is a really, really, really good uh, pilot with this deck on Magic Online. He has tons and tons of five O's and leagues. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of times when people are referring to like the typical seventy-five for Eldrazi, it is card for card his list. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So I give a lot of credit to him. Um, but yeah, I think he he is not a, doesn't seem to be a fan of the cards. I never like I never saw much potential in them to begin with. Um, so I haven't been sold on them. But that is something that you know. There's always innovation with the deck. I mean, obviously, you know, two weeks ago we talked about Endbringer being the, in the in the spot for for Eldrazi on the top end, and yeah, now it's, it's a different. Two now weeks it's a different, and now it's a different card. card. Yeah, that's yeah. So and it's like, why haven't we been playing Oblivion Sower the whole time? I mean, the card's been there all along. Right, and, it was printed before. Endbringer, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's it's uh you know it's um there's always a, a innovation going on with the decks as long as they're um as long as they're a top tier deck there's there's always pieces changing in and out um so you're able to keep up with that and then. One more card that I wanted to add that the deck struggles with that I forgot to add in our list was um, Price of Progress. It's very, very good. Yeah. You don't have any basic lands, do you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I have definitely I have definitely been on the Blue-Red Delver side playing versus Eldrazi, and if they go out like and play like turn one, turn two, Ancient Tomb, oh, and I'm man. sitting on two Price of Progress in hand, I'm just like, yep, play all your creatures, that's fine. That's fine. Price, play, play your chalices. Do I, I can't play any spells except this, and that's all I need. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So like... Price, price, like swinging with Stormchaser Mage, game over. You know, game is over. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> so that that is a deck. That is a card that um, it's a two mana card that really hurts the deck. Um, yeah. Do, do do keep in mind uh, the very unusual. So you might not think of it, but totally legit. Sometimes play of wastelanding your own land. I have in response yes. to a price. I have done that with Maverick. Um, yep. <laughs> it, ugh, it's a have bad, you, bad feeling. But... Is, have you fetched and failed to find to avoid like a single damage? Because um, I've had that happen against me too. I I don't think I've ever gotten <laughs> to quite that 
Well, because I can fetch, I, I can fetch a basic, so that's <laughs> usually not an issue. But yeah, I've I've been playing against like a, a deck like Grixis, and like they'll have two or three lands out, two or three fetch lands out, and you play Price of Progress, and they'll just look at the board, and if they if they don't fetch, they're dead. If they fetch duels, they're dead, right, and they don't they run just... any basics, so they just go fail to find, fail to find, <laughs> take two instead Save of four from those two, two lands. Yeah. yeah. Uh. Uh. <laughs> um. So yeah, that is a card that um that uh is painful versus the deck yeah. for sure now now he the uh the, the, as i said i mean you, you, my, my experience is limited but it's what i get to talk about uh I, so I, I played the reanimator i played a strange Aloran brew which was actually pretty good and i feel lucky that I, I i stomped him but i think i got lucky and i lost pretty hard to shardless mm-hmm. is shardless as hard as it seemed did i get unlucky maybe it's that i was had never played the deck before. That was game one. I don't know. Um, so I, I think that Shardless sh- doesn't play a lot of one drops. That feels like a bad matchup for Stormy. Yeah. So yeah, Chalice wasn't good. Their the, card I, advantage was really good. Their wastelands were really good. Their, yeah. You know, I, I got I got my um, uh, uh, Crucible. Well, Crucible's great unless they have Deathrite Shamans. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Just not. Not, I could I couldn't keep a thing on the board, and I, I I couldn't keep lands on the board. I couldn't keep creatures on the board. It was just a slog fest of them getting card advantage. Yeah, slog yeah. fest versus shardless usually do not go well for the other deck. <laughs> yeah, the game the game is definitely going to go long. Um, when you're looking at like the like the boarding guide that we created on um on the source, like the things you're pulling out of the deck when you're playing shardless are like your simian spirit guides. So mm-hmm. that automatically tells you that this game is going to go long and grindy. Um, things that you bring in are things like all is dust. And uh, you bring an Endbringer, because um, Endbringer is one of the only sources of card advantage for the deck. Um, and all his dust it would clean the board up after like a, a, a stalemate. Um, the game was is going to go long, and I think you're just going to be a slave to your top decks, honestly. Um, yeah. That doesn't mean that you can't kill them. I mean, I think you can still beat Shardless, but it's probably like in their favor post uh, pre-board and maybe 50-50 post, post-board. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I think it's it's not it's not super favorable for you because they just have so many ability so many ways to to kill your guys. They're going to be playing uh, what's the draw three ancestral vision. Um, yeah. They'll be able to draw three cards. So I mean, you're hoping that they don't get to turn four, but they probably will um, and draw those cards. So yeah, I mean, you could just yeah, you could just get your nut draw and just run them off the table. Yeah, know, on the third turn. I mean that yeah. that happens, but mm-hmm. for sure. Happens for other people, uh, <laughs> <laughs> not for Jamie. Well, then, then again, I mean, I sideboarded. Yeah, you know, I made one mistake. I sideboard all wrong. The list I had was unusual. It had um, Phyrexian Metamorph. It had yep. that's interesting. Uh, four Thorns of Amethyst. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was I'm that in the main or the sideboard? Those uh, two and two actually. Okay, I, I've I've seen as many I think as four in the main. Um, yes. I'm not sure if that's yeah. optimal, but. I think early versions were running were running the fourth thorn in the main, and yeah. I have seen the early versions that ran Phyrexian Metamorph on the side. I've actually copied someone in, someone's merit lage with Phyrexian Metamorph, yeah. unbeknownst to them. That was pretty sweet, and then used Endbringer to prevent their guy from attacking or blocking, <laughs> which is pretty great. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was a nice little wombo combo, but um, yeah, you're, it I, sounds like you're playing a version that's a little bit earlier than than the ones we're talking about now. That could be. It was. Uh, I was able to go to local Legacy Night, uh, but I did not have any of my decks with me. My mm-hmm. the scheduling didn't work out for me to actually go home to get a deck. So I, I showed up hoping somebody would lend to me. And you know, Star City Games is a friendly place. Uh, so I had somebody there who basically gave me my choice of decks, and I, I knew a little bit more about Aldrazi than Tinfins. So, <laughs> oh, but Tinfins is so fun. Tinfins is I, a lot of fun, but that is I not a deck is. you can pick up and just play. I mean, you <laughs> kind of need to know what you're doing. 
Yeah, I, I, I know it's fun. You know, I've seen it on the other side of the table. I've heard people talk about it. I've just never piloted it. And yeah. I had two minutes to familiarize myself with the it's, list. It's a storm <laughs> deck. Like, you can't, you, you, yeah, no, you made the right choice. What? But it's a storm deck with Grizzlebrand. It's, it's awesome. It's not very good. It's super cool. Though. Like, a guy in my playgroup used to play Tin Fins. And yeah, I, I, it's not very good. But do you know how long it took me to figure out why it was called Tin Fins? It's years. It it's took me years. I, I I didn't realize it. I didn't realize it because of the artwork on Grizzlebrand. I thought it must have some kind of merfolk history. No, it, it, yeah, no. it's actually it, it's from like a, a cartoon, actually. Right. What is it? Uh, what? Yeah. So the the Tinfins to... is the Tinfins name comes from uh, like a C Lab. I think it's called C Lab Twenty Twenty or something. Yeah, like that. that's the one. Twenty Two Twenty. Um, it was they had created some kind of again. I'm not super familiar with this, but I know that. They created some kind of crazy monster in it, and it was called Tin Fins, and it resembled Grizzlebrand or something what? like that. So, yeah, okay. so that's that's a, where the Tin Fins name comes from. A, I now get to add an extra year on how long it took me to understand the name. <laughs> right. And, and B, I have to go watch C Live 2021 more. Like that's a great show, and I had, I don't think I've ever seen that episode. Yeah, apparently that's apparently that. that's the scoop that I've gotten. Um, I mean, that's yeah, one I, I've read that as well. Yeah. Uh, okay, class, that's your homework. Go find that episode, watch it. <laughs> If it's legal online, send me a link because, yeah, that's your homework. Go, go enjoy C-Live yeah. 2021. Just just all of it. Just enjoy the whole thing. People used to okay. complain about the names of legacy decks oh. all the time because it used – like every deck used to be named this way where it was some like reference to a thing that was all, that was then a reference to a thing that was one card in the deck and like – Is, you is that like the, Team America that wasn't Jeskai colors basically? Right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, or yeah, like I mean, how Maverick is called Maverick for no freaking reason. Um, there's a no, or a deck like Nick Fit. No one really knows Nick exactly fit. what it is. It is it Nick I, Fit? Is it Nicotine Fit? Is it Nice Fit? What does this What does this mean? I've heard like three different people who are sure they know where Nick Fit came from with different mm-hmm. different explanations, and they're all very confident. There's yep. a there's a deck kind of Maverick esque that I guess they wanted to call it. Like they wanted to say, oh, it's a Maverick deck, but that name had been taken, so they called it. They said, oh, it's a Rogue deck, but then they named it after uh, the Rogue Brewery, and they call it Dead Guy Ale because oh, it's yeah. a beer that's made by Rogue <laughs> Brewery. Um, yeah, so there's, just, there's a deck called Dead Guy Ale, which is like, wait, what? I, I didn't know. I didn't know that's where the name came from. Neither yeah. did I, but I've seen, I've heard of the Dead Guy Ale deck. That is fantastic. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, that's, that's, I, I, that's, I, I honestly. As much as this doesn't make any sense, I had assumed that at one point it had Dead Eye Navigator in it. Um, <laughs> pretty sure I, I, it's a it's a white black deck. Decks <laughs> change, buddy. Decks change. <laughs> that's I think it's one of the charms of Legacy is like just the little nuggets of of fun information that are hidden in the format. Yeah, I actually, you know? I mean, I, I sort of miss like every deck now with like with the exception of Maverick and a couple of like fringy things. Pretty much every deck is now named more or less after the cards in it oh you um, don't want to play teamer delver Ugh. shardless I mean, sultai come on what's wrong <laughs> it's like i don't I, know I, I mean i i i've definitely renamed my my uh modern deck uh andrew because uh because a buddy <laughs> named andrew online was complaining about bad deck names um which i i have now changed it uh based on the breed of dog so yeah now it's now it's a reference to a reference because Andrew hates silly names. So my, my homebrew dredge deck is named Andrew. Nice. I, I hope it catches on. Well, yeah, just just top eight a GP with it, and uh, I'm sure it will. Yeah, you know. that's all you got to do. Yeah. Um, 
so just to get us back on, on topic here. Um, <laughs> We're nowhere near the topic anymore, yes. Uh, I mean, I could talk about Legacy all day, don't get me wrong. Sure. But, I mean, I'm yeah. sure people are here to talk about, to listen to a little bit about Aldrazi. Probably, maybe. Um, so uh, just a couple things are the reasons um, why you'd want to avoid the deck. Um, it doesn't run any permission. I mean, yeah. Warping Wheel is the closest thing it gets to permission, but I mean, countering a sorcery, you're probably just going to counter like uh, Terminus with it. Um, so that's kind of yeah. a bummer. Um, it's well, fairly well felt a little bit more usually useful as, as um, removal, uh, a creature removal, honestly. Yes. Yep, absolutely. It's also something you'll cast um, in response to a blood mood sometimes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. No. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty, it's a pretty fairly linear deck compared to some other decks in the format. Um, some people refer to it and this is not my preferred terminology, but some people refer to it as an ape deck. Uh, just like the way some people don't, don't like Delver decks, they'll call them ape decks. I, I don't like that kind of, that kind of phrasing. I think that you are playing like an elitist game when you come into that. Yeah. Um, but just know that some people aren't going to like you playing Eldrazi because it's, it's considered lower on the tier of, you know, uh, Still required to play. So, yeah. Sure. Are, are, exactly. are you okay with the name Stompy? I'm fine with Stompy. I think I think okay. Stompy deck is totally fine. I don't think that there's a negative connotation to that. I think that when you say something's an ape deck, I think you're more referring to the pilot than the type right, of right that, that, that a monkey could play this. Yeah, right. Exactly. Oh, okay. See, well, see, I, I thought I thought it was a curd ape reference. See, I oh no, <laughs> right. Well, that's uh, that, that's a taking a very positive route, Jamie. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Kurt, didn't somebody didn't somebody win? In Legacy, like get a top eight at a big thing lately, and they had Kurt Ape in their like list. Like a year ago, why... yeah, I think they were playing like Team or Delver with. Uh... And, yeah, and when, when they were asked why, they just shrugged and said it's a two three. <laughs> like yeah, that's, that's about the size of it. Uh, yeah. yeah. So yeah, and I, I Stompy to me basically means has Chalice of the Void mm-hmm. attacks with whatever random probably tribal deck the Brewer thought was strongest, and Eldrazi yep. is a it, Eldrazi is the most unique that I've ever seen. Uh, probably after that. The cleverest, honestly, is werewolves because when you get chalice out, it's not hard to keep your opponent from playing spells. Oh yeah, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah. but uh, you know, soldier stompy or dragon stompy or anything else. That's kind of just chalice and two drops. Yep. Yeah, that's <laughs> yep. But yeah, and it's also like the, a newer deck out there. So a lot of people, well, it's a newer deck six months ago. Now it's kind of a known quantity, but um, it's definitely newer that. than the rest of the decks in Legacy, which have mostly sure. been pretty established for. Sure. Yeah. Like that's why that's why it's especially in flux because as much as you know, people can debate how solved or not legacy is. The Eldrazi deck is not solved. There is Mm -hmm. not yet the perfect list, as shown by you know, in two weeks the list has changed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So exactly. uh, So yeah, that for some people they'd love that because it just there is more room for customization, at least in you know the five to ten slots that could be customized. but also means that if you buy into the perfect list now, it will probably be suboptimal, though still good, uh, quicker than if you buy the the stock list of miracles or elves mm-hmm. or something. Maybe, although I mean, there are a couple of different builds of of miracles too. I mean, uh, Joel Asset, who's maybe the one of the top practitioners of of miracles, likes to play. Uh, a Cavern of Souls in his miracles deck because he plays like six or eight creatures in it. And they're all wizards. Um, so it plays like the legend, like the Legends Miracle yeah, style, right? Yeah. So it's like, yeah. And there's like Vendillion clicks, and there, I mean, Snap Capsters, obviously. Venser, I think he Vencer. runs Venser. And... Yeah. And uh, yeah. you know, so like that's you know that's like nobody's playing, nobody else is playing Cavern of Souls in their Miracle stack. I mean, there's you know there's there's variety in in like 
everything. But yeah, I think there's like okay. three prevalent miracles decks, but I think you're 100 percent right. Like even the top tier decks have different flavors of them, essentially. Right. Except like I'm going to say even Storm. I, mean, I was going to say well, Storm's pretty much, but no, like, there are people who play Wishes in Storm. There are people who don't play Wishes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's yeah, different ways to do. Different preferences of, of all of the... All I mean, Tinfins is a Storm deck, right? <laughs> that's, that's true, too. I mean, I was thinking, like, just within Ad Nauseam Tendrils. But yeah. even within Ad Nauseam Tendrils, there are, there are variations. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. Great. Yeah. But is, is there anything else that you want to get to on kind of the general uh, Eldrazi? Um, any, any special lines that you want to point out or anything else to talk about right now? Um, no, nothing really. I just wanted to, uh, again, give a lot of credit to Nolom. Um, he's the one who, he's the guy in the source who, uh, he's from the Netherlands. He's done a lot of work with the deck. I think it's part of the reason why we're talking about the list we're talking about today is, is a, a lot of the work he's put into the deck. Um, I, I really enjoy it. Um, for me, uh, it's a nice, uh, kind of refreshing change of pace because I've been playing Delver decks for the last year and a half. So Eldrazi was a nice thing to, uh, to try out and play. And, uh, it's it's a great deck to get started in Legacy with. If you if you don't play Legacy and like the kind of the price of dual lands can scare you off, um, Eldrazi is a deck that can just take down an eight man or take down an F and M. Win you some win you some store credit and get you a little closer to your first underground to your volcanic island or Gaia's Cradle for that matter. So yeah. um, it's if a great you like deck. Good decks. If you like yeah, good decks. if you like good decks, <laughs> it's, a, it's a it's a super fun deck to play. Um, there are different flavors of it as well. Like you have your like the white splash Eldrazi list. Um, taxes, yes. Oh, yeah, the, that, that displacer. Oh gosh, oh, I've, I've been, play, I've been playing around with it in uh, standard lists that aren't good, but it is so good. Eldrazi Displacer is a really good card. Um, I don't know if it's quite worth the white splash. My sense is that the colorless Eldrazi deck is just better. I think yeah. so too. I do, but, but it's it's a thing. I mean, yeah, Displacer you know does me, just I, give you a little bit better, a little bit more play against decks that this that this deck struggles with, right? So like right. it increases your Chances to beat Show and Tell and sure. like mer- a Merit Lage deck by a little bit, but I think right. that overall it powers you down against all your other matchups that were very, very much right. in your favor. So, yeah. oh, um, I think I think a lot of Legacy is like, unless you're a deck like Miracles, which is pretty steady. I think it's pretty much fifty fifty, or especially something like Grixis Delver, which is kind of like fifty fifty in most matchups. Yeah, um, Eldrazi has like ha- matchups that are heavily in its favor and matchups that are heavily not in its favor. And I think that watering down your 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 deck to get those even on both sides, you actually end up hurting yourself, especially right, if you're right. trying to like. There's not a ton of merit lage decks out there. You know what I mean? There's not a ton yeah. of show and tell decks out right. there. Right. So. It's easy to remember. Like you remember all the times you got like murdered by some deck that played a really fast merit lage, and you're like, oh man, I need to have an answer for that. Right. Like, okay, but also remember all the times that you just played a chalice on turn one, <laughs> and you just like somebody didn't even play spells. I mean, right, and, right. When you when so, you get away from your core plan, you you can be hurting yourself a lot more in in, in a lot more matchups. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think you nailed it right there. Yeah, but you know me, I I am always wanting to know what the best list is, and then what the other options are because you know it it is. I, I, like I do like weird funnel, offbeat so. stuff. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I forget if I've talked about it on here. Uh, I have somebody who, who wanted me to help them with a burn list. And, you know, they wanted a white splash, which is legitimate. It People might it. not be. It, yeah. It, you know, I looked it up and I don't think it's the optimized build for the worldwide meta or something. But no. it's legit. It's good. And yeah. it's what they wanted to play. And it's it wins. It's good. So yeah. do they want to play you, like you, Boros Charm? You get Boros Charm, you get Wear and Tear, you get Lightning Helix. Most oh, yeah, Lightning the, Helix, yeah. Yep. So, <laughs> uh, but between Boros Charm and Lightning Helix, one of those is 
pretty much great in ever in any matchup and just which one. So, mm-hmm. you know, put you know, one or two of each main or one or two of each side and just swap out whichever one's not good in that matchup. You can play something like rest in peace out of the sideboard, I guess, for mm-hmm. some of those terrible matchups. I mean, eh. yeah, yeah. I don't uh, know if that's I, really I, what you want to be doing in burn, but I don't know. It's an option. No, I, I, I like fairy, uh, uh, fairy macabre actually better for just killing graveyards without anybody noticing. Yeah. That's just me though. Don't, uh, don't forget anyway. your rest in peace triggers. Don't forget it. Don't yeah. no, no. <laughs> I, I, I've, I've, I think made people angry online by anything I've done lately, uh, largely on that topic. So I'm, if you want to talk about that, we, we can get to that at the end if you want to, but I think I'll go get myself a drink. If you all talk. <laughs> I don't know. No, I'm, I'm, I'm actually with you on that, buddy. I, I really yeah. am. Yeah. Um, so we, bef- before we move on though, cause we do want to get some other stuff. I did want to say that, uh, we have, yeah, we, we are brought to you on legacyweapon.com every day, mostly by the support of you listeners. We have a new person, uh, Robert Adams, who's supporting the show, and I appreciate that. And I wanted to say we have a special sponsor for today. And Dr- wait, Drew, you might have to hold on a minute. Um, I, I'm holding. I I ate at Il Catraciona last night. And <laughs> I, I might have to. Oh no, no, wait, wait, wait! I I am saved. I'm saved because of this new miracle product that is sweeping the nation waste not if you have gone to il catraciona and you're finding yourself in a little bit of a pickle waste not waste not will keep any waste from happening it will secure you in your time of need are you going into a business meeting waste not are you going on a car ride and you don't have any astronaut diapers waste not we don't need to tell you what it is you'll know it when you need it mm-hmm. all right <laughs> moving on might need some of that yeah we're going we're going pg this episode <laughs> yeah right that was yeah uh well before we completely move on i do want to uh, do sample hands do we have time sure. for that right now yeah okay great uh pull up some sample hands for a mulligan or not uh this is you are on the play you don't know your opponent do you keep oh. the hand or do you ship it back Okay, so um, we're going to go – right now we just pulled a no-land hand, so we're just going to ship that right, right away. We <laughs> know we're not going to play that, land, play that you hand. Do need, you do need at least one land. Yeah. All right, so here's one that's a little bit, little bit better for us. Um, let's start off with the lands. We're looking at Ancient Tomb and Cavern of Souls. Okay. Um, okay. We have an Eldrazi Mimic. Okay. A- endless One, Endless One, so two of those. A Thought Not Seer and a Dismember. Mm. Looks like it sounds like a keep to me. I, would I think that. Back. I mean, I think that you you might want to keep this. Like, okay. you can play mimic turn one. You play a three three on turn two. I guess. It's, um, yeah. We can we can even draw a couple cards to sort of um to s- sort of take a look and see what the top of our deck has. But I mean, if, you 25... a, if you hit another soul land like off the top of your deck, you're doing well. Yeah. Oh, very much so. Yeah, absolutely. Um and, and if you if you draw a chalice off the top then you've got, you know, turn two chalice isn't as good as turn one, but that's fine. Yeah. That was the top card of our deck was a chalice. Hey. Uh, <laughs> not to be too uh you know results oriented, but uh yeah you, you had a that's lot true. of outs there that's true. for yeah, yeah, yeah. having there are a lot of ways to turn that into a great hand. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not obviously the hand you would sculpt because, you know, you don't have Eye of Ugin for something really explosive. You don't have Chalice to lock them out in your opening hand. But you've got a turn one play. You've got a turn two play. And a turn one and turn two land drop. And then you've got something bigger for afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Sounds fine. Right. I think it's okay. I mean, honestly, the top, the top of our deck, and 
I when I take mulligan decisions, I actually don't like to look at the top of my deck after I've made the decision yeah, because it makes I think you it just get it, results oriented. Yeah, exactly. It forces bad habits. Like if you happen to draw a land in that no land hand, you're like, of course, of course, I can keep a no land hand. When in reality, that's no, probably it's a terrible not, idea. That's yes. not what's going to happen. Um, but for what it's worth, our next draws were Chalice and Cavern of Souls. Um, so we would get a late, a late, you know, um, Thought Not Seer out of the deck, which is okay. But yeah. like you're right, I think playing Chalice for one on turn two is is still okay. It's still um, let's, probably good, yeah. Yeah, let's draw another hand. This one is mm, this one's a little bit better, I guess. Uh, so we have Ancient Tomb again, uh, Cavern of Souls, Wasteland. Okay, okay. Um, and again, Wasteland in this deck isn't always going to actually be just like uh, va- like vanish off our board. A lot of times we're actually using our Wasteland for mana, so keep that in mind. Yeah. Um, Eldrazi Mimic, Endless One. Matter Reshaper and Dismember. Yeah, it seems like a key. Keep, yeah, I mean, it seems... it, it's it's low-level aggressive. It doesn't really have a good top, and it doesn't have an explosive, but it's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. I think you you probably lead off with Ancient Tomb, play Eldrazi Mimic. Turn two, you probably play Cavern of Souls, name Eldrazi. You'll be able to play Matter Reshaper. You'll be able to swing with Eldrazi Mimic. For sure. um, yeah. Yeah, and, and then turn, turn four, you can play a 4-4 four, four, Endless One. Uh, that's uncounterable. Right. You can right. swing with your Eldrazi Mimic and your Matter Reshaper. Um, I think this is a perfectly fine hand. You're, and you'll keep yeah. drawing other stuff. You'll probably it'll probably actually be better than that. You'll probably draw oh yeah for sure. Do, it, so. Matter Reshaper seems to always be better than I think it's going to be when, when I've seen people play with it. And I mean, heck, when I was playing with it, people were I think somebody Force of Will to Matter Reshaper. Mm-hmm. Somebody you know used their like removal mistake, to kill but... one. I. <laughs> I did get the I, I lived the dream. I flipped over a mattery shaper off of a mattery shaper. Ooh, that nice. was good times. Uh, <laughs> I, um, I think I think we just made Drew gag a little on the value. <laughs> all this value. Yeah, that's, like, that's gross. Do, yeah, when you kill the mattery shaper, they just get it. They just replace it. Yeah. If if you had to actually if you had to actually play matter shaper and tap three lands for it, it's probably unplayable. But if you can play it for one, you know, if you have eye of out and you're able to play it for one mana, it's just really good. It's three two good. is fine. And yeah. the fact that it replaces itself, it it is just raw card draw in, in itself mm-hmm. because, again, even if you're not going to be able to put it on the battlefield, it, you'll still be able to draw the card no matter right, what. So solid, yeah. Um, all right, so next hand, um, we'll lead off with the lands again. Ancient Tomb, Cavern of Souls, Mistress Factory. So Mistress Factory is the one that um, – this is a card that we really like against um, against Miracles, mm-hmm. and it taps to add a single cardless mana to your mana pool, or you can pay one to activate it. becomes a 2-2 Assembly Worker Artifact Creature until end of turn. Um, and then you can also, uh, I believe, tap it to give an, an assembly worker plus one, plus, plus one. one. So yeah, yeah. it's not relevant necessarily in this hand, but it's good to know the function. The, the, the slightly better Mutavolt, as far as we're concerned. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Um, so we have Ancient Tomb, Cavern Souls, Mistress Factory. Um, we have Mattery Shaper, mm-hmm. Thought, Thought Not Seer, mm-hmm. okay. Reality Smasher, mm-hmm. and our seventh card is a Chalice of the Void. That's a straight key, so obviously. Yeah, snap key. Yes. Yep, absolutely. So, oh, yeah. That, that's, your, that's almost a perfect hand. It really is. You well, have your turn one chalice. Turn, turn two, two mattery shaper. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Turn turn three thought knots here. Oh, yeah, 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 um, yeah, 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 yeah. We're Gross. definitely keeping that hand. <laughs> Draw another land, and now it's a re- re- reality smasher, and the game's probably yeah, sh- yeah. Sh- Short of a turn two win, that's that's what you want to be doing. And that's even the turn two win is subject to disruption. I mean, this is probably, I mean, if somebody just counterspells your thought not seer and that hand is not nearly as good mm-hmm. um this is very good yes yeah. <laughs> um all right so we'll do another one here we'll keep doing these as long as you guys want to do them um yeah let's do like, this is like our third one let's do like five 
Okay, yeah. sounds good. Um, this one we will lead off with our lands again: Eldrazi Temple, mm-hmm. uh, Mishra's Factory, Urborg, Tomb of Yawgmoth, and Wasteland. So we're, this is a four land hand, four which is a hand. Not not super great. That's we don't rough. always want to have four lands, um, but we do have some business spells. We have Chalice of the Void. Right. We have Warping Whale, and we have Thought Not Seer. So I feel like anytime you can play Chalice turn one and you have any creatures, it's probably a keep. Mm-hmm. Wait, this... did, did I miss? Can we play turn one? Oh, do we no, not we have... cannot, we we cannot play turn land. one. No, mm. no, because no. we have Eldrazi Temple, which okay. will tap for two for, for Thought Not Seer, but okay. it's only tap for one for It went into my head as a soul land, but you're right, it's it, not. It, for yeah, it's, it's kind of one of those awkward things that, yeah, you yeah. think... It, you think of of temple as a soul land, but it does not does not produce two for shells. Really, yeah, yeah. You know, on on the play turn one, I think I would keep anything that has turn one chalice. Almost. I, am, am I yeah. am I wrong with that? I mean, unless That's it's that in everything? six lands. I mean. Like, yeah, I, I think I think you nailed it. I think turn one chalice and anything else that's a business spell you keep. Turn two chalice is not nearly as good. Yeah, especially we just don't have a turn one play here. No matter what happens, we can't play anything on turn one. I feel like if you're on the play, that's okay. If you're on the draw, it's probably too slow. That's fair. That's fair. At least that's Uh, that's my experience from soldiers. Like I'm uh, totally willing to take turn one off mm -hmm. on the on the play, um, rather than ship it back and get a potentially atrocious six card hand. Yeah. Um, On the draw, though, yeah. If you can't do anything on turn one on the draw, like you're just going to lose a lot of games on turn two. Yeah. So assuming we won game one with our previous hand, if we if we took a mulligan here, let's see what our six looks like. Which is actually this is exactly what we just more more results oriented thinking. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Bring bring it on. Uh, City of Traders, Eldrazi Temple, Urborg, Wasteland, Wasteland Chalice. Right. Yeah, yeah. There you go. So five I mean, lands and a chalice. Well, so now I feel awkward over whether that's better or worse. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's. I mean, I think this is pretty much worse. Yeah. I, I yeah. mean, you can play turn one chalice, and that's all you can do. Right. Um. I mean, it depends well, on the matchup, I guess. If this what, is a sideboard, what more do you need? Well, the, <laughs> if they're playing lands, like you just you just lost, lost the game. Just lost. <laughs> it's over. Um. um if you're playing a stompy mirror, you also just lost. <laughs> so what, what was the what was the um, conclusion though on, on the seven? Just w- uh, without looking at what the six was, just on the seven. I think the seven. I think that's still something that you want to you want to ship. I don't yeah. think that's something that you want to keep. Um, I, again, I would say I would I would keep it. And again, I'm, all right, I'm not an Eldrazi player, but uh, I would keep you, it. You on keep the it on play. the play. I would yeah, I think I think draw. you're right though. I think on the draw, it's just really bad. It's too slow on the draw. Yeah. Um, in Legacy, it's always it's always interesting to me the difference. Um, that being on the play versus on the draw has on your mulligan decisions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like in in certainly in something like standard and even in modern, yeah, it, just the slower nature of the format means that the difference between play and draw isn't huge. Mm-hmm. But yeah, in in legacy where you really might not get a second turn if you don't do something on turn one on the draw, um, yeah, <laughs> makes a big difference for sure. Um, my right, my so- good plays turn one are here's an elf. Turn twos are sometimes a little rough if I'm on the draw. Yeah. Well, post post board you can bring in like Thoughtseize or Cabal Therapy or something, and you have some you have some interaction. Turn one. You trying to comfort me just makes me feel much so much better. Thank you. <laughs> All right, so let's do another one. Um, let's do one more. We'll do okay. This one is a this one. I think I think this is pretty apparent. But Eldrazi Temple, Eldrazi Temple, Wasteland. Mm-hmm. Uh, then for creatures we have Eldrazi Mimic. Thought Not Seer, Reality Smasher, and then Oblivion Sower. 
You didn't actually even have to say the last two, as far as I'm yeah. concerned. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure that's good, yeah. Yeah, that's a snap key for sure. It, if you ever have turn one mimic into turn two thought not seer... You have to keep that hand. I, yeah. Absolutely. He, yep. Heck, yeah, if you told me those as four cards, that's that's an okay four-card hand. Right, mm-hmm. I don't really actually care what the other three cards are. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, if, you're, if your opponent doesn't have any, uh, any interaction, I mean, you're going to be swinging for, what, uh, nine and an additional... Uh, so 14 on turn three so that seems fine after a thought not seer so you yeah yeah right yeah, yeah. seems good <laughs> seems good all right well i think that's about it on draws unless there's anything else no i think we uh i think we got really deep in the deck yeah great uh well you had said you wanted to if we had time uh do current events we i think we've got time just to at least talk about uh some recent changes with the scg tournaments mm-hmm uh, we'll, yeah. we'll be topical. Drew, Drew didn't even know we were going to do this. No, no. I, had, <laughs> I, I, yeah. I hope you don't have anywhere to be, Drew. Uh, no, no, I'm I'm good. What do we got? <laughs> Tell me the news. I don't. So, I don't I'm not on the tweet the tweet sphere, so I don't I don't know what's going on in the world. You missed you missed quite the tweet storm then yesterday. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I may have just quit Twitter today. Just <laughs> I, I, it's not a good place for me apparently. <laughs> um, yeah. So basically, what happened was. Um, uh, Star City Games did their quarterly, or I don't know if it's it's by you know if it's every six months or if it's quarterly, but their announcement they just kind of laid out the plans for the next uh, six months as far as events that will be running. Um, sort of the legacy relevant stuff is there's only one legacy open, which is in Worcester, which is great for me, but not so great for other people on the East Coast who like to play the legacy format. Um, but the bigger news is that they are doing away with the legacy classics for the most part. Mm. So what they're what they're doing, and I can understand where they're coming from on a business perspective from this, uh, for what it's worth. But so the classics that they'll be running, which are the the additional events that they run on Sundays after the main event, um, they are going to mirror uh, whatever the main event was on Saturday. So I think their idea is like, if you played standard on Saturday and scrubbed out, like let's play a classic of standard on Sunday versus, you know, before if it was a st- if the cl- if the main event the open on Saturday was standard. So the Sunday classics were modern and legacy, and if it was a legacy open, the Sunday classics were modern and standard. They were kind of the other two major formats. Right. Um, right. Here they are going to repeat the format, and I believe modern is sprinkled in there uh, much more often than legacy is. Um, there's yeah. only two legacy classics. The one that will be at GP Worcester, or I'm sorry, uh, the Worcester Open, which is the legacy main event, and then a legacy classic on Sunday. And then they're also doing uh, a team. Uh, event a team constructed event which is actually pretty cool so that'll be um, a standard player a modern player and a legacy player and they will have a legacy classic of the sunday of that event as well so before getting into how that affects anything or what would have made them do business decisions i do want to say it does make some sense i love the idea about having the variety where you know you can if you go to an event you can play every format but you know if i go to a legacy event i don't have a standard deck so mm-hmm. you know if, if i if i scrub out I would love to be able to keep playing the deck I brought. A lot of people only have one tier one deck. So makes sense to give them events that they can keep playing in with that deck that they brought. Yep. Mm. Totally so, agree. I, 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 that, does, that does make some sense. Um, I, I will say, you know, I don't like these changes, of course, because I like there to be more legacy. I like there to be more coverage. I think this means there's going to be less on the Star City Games Twitch coverage, mm-hmm, yeah. um, which is some of the best coverage and some of the you know, uh, had been some of the best legacy coverage. I know, I think episode three of our show was when Star City Games cut back on some of their legacy coverage a little bit. Now they're doing it a little bit more. 
uh, Legacy was dead then, I think, and I think it's I think it's dead again now, right? <laughs> yeah, it's in a constant state of death, and yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Uh, sure. You, you, none of you at home can can see me rolling my eyes, but I, I might not have pupils anymore. So far back. Uh, I, so, I think that the the big thing to me, honestly, is the outrage that people that is caused by people people who get upset that that there's they're having less support for their format. I mean, I, I we talked about it a little bit on Leaving Legacy this week, but I will repeat it here. Guys, like they are privy to all the business information. They know what it costs them to run an event. They know mm-hmm. what they're making on each event. Um, I think that legacy players have started turning out less for a lot of the legacy classics because they are being awarded with prize wall tickets. They're not one or two Ks anymore or five Ks. So right. some legacy players feel like it's not worth their time to go out for an event that's not cash. Um, mm-hmm. Please, if you enjoy legacy, if you like to play legacy, the only way that Star City Games will have more legacy events is if you go there and play Legacy, complaining yep. on Twitter and saying that we want these events and then not going because they're not paying you in cash. Guys, it's not going to encourage them to, to have any more Legacy events. I know it seems silly and, and counterintuitive, but it's really not. Like They are a business. They are there to make money. They know yep. they keep their books. They see their profit and loss report every every period. They know what's going on. Like If they know they're losing money running, running Legacy events... They're not going to run legacy events. It just doesn't make sense to them as a business. Um, If a million people love legacy, and if legacy is the best format, as I think it is, but none of those people go to the events and none of them watch on Twitter, then they're not going to run the event. Right, exactly. And actually, uh, uh, Nick from Star City Games, he responded out after, you know, some heated conversations of, you know, we've heard what you've all said. Um, you know, vote with your money, pretty much. Yes. He said, you know, it, it's probably right. too late for people to make new plans to show up, but he said SEG Baltimore's coming up is Legacy. Come play or watch it on Twitch. Watch uh, it on I'm Twitch. Not yeah, gonna be exactly. able to yeah, I'm not going to go, and I was maybe going to watch it on Twitch because my internet's shoddy. Well, it, it, if they are especially paying attention to the numbers on this one, and if I wanted to anyway, well, I'm going to be extra sure to watch it on Twitch this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always do sometimes watch their stuff, and I'll make an extra effort because <laughs> I do want to support it. Yeah, and I'll say also because you know they know better than we do what the numbers are at all the events. I hear a lot of people retort that the legacy GPs had the best attendance, or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And here's the thing: if if they can't fill seats, then that would be a problem. And I'm not aware that that's the problem. If they're filling their seats, great. But if they're filling their seats, that is merely going to help them not lose money on these events. Mm-hmm. Right. They, as far as I can tell, all of these stores that run events, they make their money selling cards. Right. The events <laughs> are advertising, as far as they're concerned, to yeah. get you to go buy their cards. And, you know, I, I could see it go either way, but I'm sure this is some of the numbers they have. If the legacy players, even if we all showed up and even if we all watched, if none of us then bought cards from them, if it wasn't, if it was deemed by however advertisers and stuff figured out that it's not effective advertising or as effective as standard and modern, yeah. that makes it just a business decision. It is not a referendum on the quality of the format, and it's not even directly a referendum on how popular, played, or supported by the players the format is. Right. Well, that is one of the problems with Legacy, is just that once you get a deck, the list doesn't change that much, unless maybe it's Eldrazi. But uh, <laughs> you are not, Jamie, I imagine, buying cards for your Elves deck very often. No. Um, there's just like there's there's that that list hasn't really changed in a, a couple of years at least, and so I mean it is kind of hard for them to make money because like all right you know my modern list keeps changing all the time as they print new cards and at least oh well at least I need one of those for the sideboard, 
Um, standard obviously completely changes every like six months Mm -hmm. and legacy just i mean sometimes you can this is one of the cool things about the deck is that if you about the format is if you get a deck well you've you've got that deck now and you may be able to play it for five years without adding a card uh but that means that you're not except what you may be spending a lot of money when you're building it but then you're not spending any money at the store during those five years which is cool for you and your desire not to spend tons and tons of money but it is not cool for the store which is trying to make money supporting the format yeah you know if you go to your m night and you pay your five bucks uh, they might get a profit off of that but if somebody's renting out a hall and throwing a special event you know yeah as, mu- as much as fixed costs yeah as much as people myself included do complain about how the price of those have gone up as near as i can tell the people who throw those do not make a lot of money no there's just so much overhead involved they no, they that- it's it's not a money making revenue. You paying money there is enough to get you there, but is not enough to incentivize them to have done it in the first place. The cost of running an event, like imagine, I mean, I don't know if you guys have ever been to like one of the Worcester events, but the DCU Center is a fairly large for be, being a, a relatively small city, a fairly large convention center. It's got like um like an ice slash basketball court in the center, like a big stadium area, and then obviously like a bunch of convention halls attached to it. And for something like GB Boston or even um, SCG Worcester, they're renting out a lot of that space. Guys, that's a ton of money to rent those spaces out. I yeah, mean, if you've ever been married yeah. and you remember how much it costs to run your wedding, mm-hmm. this is a much larger venue than that. Oh, so significantly larger. Multiply that by several. And yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, and you have an it's, idea. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, guys, we're talking in the tens of thousands of dollars just to get in the venue. I mean, right. Never mind and, paying for your, like, I mean, Star City has to. They have to have staff to run this thing. Right, I mean, right. It's you know, yeah. And so, so, so the the, the moral the morals of the story, as far as I take them, is one: don't be mad at Star City Games. No. Be, be unhappy that this is happening. It's not a great thing. I don't love it, but don't be mad at them because they're right. they're making a business decision. It has very little to do with their judgments on the format. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't support, think they care what they show. I think they just want to make money. I, I think well, that is and, absolutely correct. Well, and the first time around that we talked about this, I also said they would, as near as I can tell, have a great incentive business-wise to push one format until, okay, we've all bought our legacy decks. Now push modern more, and then we all get modern, and then later push legacy again to cycle it through to get people interested in all of them, even though we can't all – I can't buy into every format at the same time. Mm-hmm. But if over time they get me interested into one of them at a time and cycle through them, that works better for me. If being able to do it in theory and probably works better for them. There's lots of reasons. So Coming soon don't be mad at them. Podcast don't over you. Modern weapon with James <laughs> It doesn't quite have the same ring to it, does yeah, it? Yeah, no, they need to print that card just, first. Just a standard weapon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hashtag go listen to Magic the Amateuring. Um, so, and also, don't overreact. I have uh, a lot of people are like seriously talking about. A legacy's dead now, or goodbye, legacy, or I'm going to sell out now, or something like that. Uh, no, it's not at all. This is not that big a deal. People were expecting me to be upset because I am a grumpy old man who likes legacy, but it's not that big a deal. It's it's bad going forward. It's going to hurt the ability for just people interested in the format to watch high level play on a regular basis. It's going to give me fewer play opportunities to go to stuff. Legacy's yep. still fine. Legacy on the local scene, anecdotally, is doing well. With I hear about lots of people who have local scenes that are starting up proxy or not proxy. Mm-hmm. Legacy on the big stage of Grand Prix is holding steady and fine. 
you know, they, they even, I think, are putting one in Las Vegas, which is kind of their, their yes. premier one now. So that's yep. exciting. There's MTGO um, if you want to do that. Yeah, Legacy mm-hmm. Online is, you know, it, it is still not the biggest format, but it's booming and it's easy to get into relative to, heck, relative to any paper format. No, no uh, reserve list helps, yes. Yeah, and in the last year or two, there have been, I think, four brand new Legacy podcasts. Like, Legacy is fine. It is sad that this kind of mid-level uh, competitiveness of high but not GP is being gutted a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, even gutted, I think, is too strong a word because there are other people doing events. And maybe somebody else will fill the void, but even if they don't, it's not that big a deal. Like, yeah. yeah. And shout out, he, shout out to Tales of Adventure for stepping in already and kind of – I don't know if you guys saw that announcement, but they are um, they are the ones who run, like, Eternal Extravaganza. Mm-hmm. Um, they already have started amping up their satellite events. They're, they have this really kind of – I don't want to call it convoluted because it's not conv- – that's that has this really negative connotation – they have this really neat way of um, arranging these point systems where they're going to allow any store to run satellite events for their for their events. So, like, there'll mm-hmm. be different levels of these events, which means different prize support and different points to be earned. But the points will get you anything from um, free entry into Eternal Extravaganza up to um, a pair of buys for the event. And even, I think, at the highest point, you can get appearance fees for showing up at Eternal Extravaganza. So, nice. um, hey, shout out to and- Tales of Adventure if you... It, it, if you have a local store and you want them to run legacy events, see if they can run a, a, a TOA like satellite event for eternal extravaganza. And don't worry about using words with negative connotations. I'm sitting here saying it's not a big deal. They're only gutting it. A <laughs> <laughs> we, we'll fix that in post. Right. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. All right. Any, any other thoughts, any other current events you want to talk about? Anything else? Band card of the no. day. Band card of the day. All right. The band card of the day is, uh, I think the only colorless land on the um, on the ban list, uh, which is the Library of Alexandria, okay. uh, which taps for a colorless mana or it taps to draw a card. And you can activate that second ability only if you have exactly seven cards in your hand. This is on the reserve list. It was uh, Arabian Nights card. It's super expensive. I've heard some people say that it really wouldn't be that bad if it were unbanned just because of how difficult it is to actually consistently activate that second ability. Um, I think part of the reason it's not unbanned really is because uh, it's already like a four or $500 card. And if it were legal in legacy, it would probably be stupid and it would cause problems financially for the format. I don't know. If, I, don't, I don't know how directly wizards really considers that, but I, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, yeah. I, I will admit, I, I think it might be better for the format because, uh, just because of that. Because if the format did have where the top deck ran four of these, then and, and, and that was you had, yeah, or if all the top decks did, each. if if every blue deck started running four of these, right, um, the format would become much, much more, much more uh, like vintage, much, much which is a bad accessible. thing. Yeah. yeah, it would be. But I, I'm not sure that that's what they're really concerned about. I, I'm. More on the power level, what do you think, Patrick, as far as the power level, how it would warp or destroy the format? Oh, man. I think, like, it's it's such a good dredge card. Um, mm-hmm. There's I think that, that, yes. I think that that'd be a problem. Um, I'm sure there are things like Reanimator that would love a card like this. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've never played with the, with the card. I'm sure it's banned for a reason. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Gen- degenerate combo decks. But you have a lot of you have a lot of games where I mean a lot of decks don't want a bunch of colorless mana sources. I'm not. It's not obvious that this is going to be better than Wasteland in a majority of your games. Mm-hmm. Um, you're if you're already playing Wasteland, unless you're playing 
something like Eldrazi, you can't have too many colorless sources. Um, well, so what would this go in? Who, what decks keep their hands relatively full and play less than three colors? I, I mean, miracles, but I don't. They keep it relatively full, but I don't know if they can really keep it at seven. I mean, they can if they draw an extra card per turn. Well, I mean, that's true. I mean, that's, and that's, he, I think that's the thing. Stay is at that, seven if you're drawing two cards per turn. If you have this early in the game and you can draw a card on your second turn with it. Or your first or turn. Or your first turn with it, yes. Um, and you can just keep doing that. Then, yeah, it's pretty It's pretty stupid. Um, I, you could also, you know, I, I expect two-color Delver decks would play it. I suppose maybe. Oh, uh, I don't know. Two, uh-huh. I, I don't. I think being a yeah. color of source is a problem. I mean, yeah. Blue Red Delver doesn't even run Wasteland. No. Yeah. It's all true. it's all colored spells. So what you're saying is my Mono Blue Delver deck would finally find its own. <laughs> that actually might that might be the case. That might be where this would go. Um, just because you could probably afford to play colorless sources in that. I think Storm. I think Storm would love this card. Mm. Like a Storm deck, right? <laughs> I, I that is, right. and that is this, the secret of the uh, reserve list: is that almost every card on this list <laughs> would go in Storm if it were, <laughs> if it were legal. Uh, and maybe you're right because Storm actually does tend to play zero cards. I mean, like one land a turn, basically. Mm-hmm. Maybe a cantrip to sculpt, and then you know, on the second or third, Blah. barf it just, out. Yeah. yeah, right, exactly. And so maybe like, like how, Alexander would be good there. Think about like if they're if they have like the seven they want, and now. They draw for turn, play this, and then draw an additional card. You yeah. know they're up to eight, you know eight eight cards in hand, and now they can go off instead of being yeah. at six cards in hand after playing a land drop. It seems okay, pretty busted. Yeah, maybe let's not help the storm decks more <laughs> than they are. Storm and miracles yeah. maybe are doing okay enough. Yeah, right. <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe and, maybe and, a card that only goes in those two decks is not what we need to do. Yes, <laughs> and before everybody flies to the yelling at Drew forum that I set up on our website. Uh, there are other colorless lands on the band list. Are there? What else is well, on the Well, technically all lands are colorless, but... Her, uh, biz- okay. B- bizarre? Bizarre doesn't even tap for colorless mana. Workshop? Workshop. No oh, yeah, Workshop is kind it of It has no colors. Bizarre is a colorless land. It's a, it's a it non-mana land. It doesn't count. <laughs> oh, okay. I did okay. forget about I did forget about Workshop. That's Workshop <laughs> is... All right. Yes. My bad. Pretty. That, that'll be for next time. Yeah, we've we've done that one before. We have. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, did we we we? Uh, you're the did, you're the one who's supposed to keep a list. Where's we did the whiteboard? It, we Pull did the whiteboard it, back. Oh, anyway, <laughs> anyway, all right, all right, all right. Well, I think that that about does it for us. Uh, how, how can people reach you? We will put a link to your your show, but uh, tell us just how people can hear more of your melodious tones. <laughs> sure, um, they can find me uh, at Pat Eagle on Twitter. Um, we have a Leaving Legacy Facebook page, uh, like a group page. You can go on there and, and talk to people about Legacy. It's a good place to chat us up as well. Um, you can also find me. I stream on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash patuglo. Uh, j- right now I'm streaming only Legacy, so it's a good place. To, if you want to see someone punt a bunch of Legacy games, you can come find me on Twitch. <laughs> <laughs> last, last night I uh, played in the Community Legacy League, and uh, last week I went 4-0, 8-1 games with this Blue-Red Delver list I felt really good about. And then this week I went 1-3, and, um, and my only win was because someone had to go read to their child and, and scoop to me. So, <laughs> so, so we're, 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 we're seeing the highs and lows of Legacy format every week. Yeah, the, the, the old 2-0 and scoop, that's, that's the dad's that's the dad uh, schedule. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure, for sure. All right. Well, I think that's about it for us. You know how to reach us on our website. And, Hopefully. Uh, By now. Until next time, you, you, you want to sign us out, Patrick? Oh, I'd love to. Until next time, guys. 
Thought Not Seer is your best legacy weapon. Thanks. Did I do oh, it right? Sorry. I didn't mess it up, did I? No, no, that's yeah, fine. It was good. It was good. It amuses me greatly to throw that at people, and you at least knew it was expected. Other people have not. <laughs> right. Yes. Hey, I, I I wasn't lying when I said I really enjoy your podcast, guys. I listen yeah. to it every every week. Every week cool. that it comes out, I'm on it.